Hi, this is Jeff. And this is Mariana. And we're professional storytellers who love books. Welcome to Fiction Friends. Where we take a deep dive into the most popular fiction titles in all of literature. From classic reads and old-time favorites. To modern romance and contemporary thrillers. Join us as we discover new ways to read, look at, and talk about books. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you stay up to date with every new release. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Fiction Friends. You're here with me, Jet, and Mariana is here also, but... Hello! We actually have one more fiction friend who is joining us today. So um, please give yes. a warm welcome to our fiction friend, Jack. Uy, Jacqueline Uy. Hi, Jack. Hello. Yeah, so um, Jack, before we start the podcast, maybe you can introduce yourself to our audience. Like, what do you do? Yes. What are your hobbies? So, hi. Hi, Friction. Friction? Hi, Friction <laughs> friends. Um, my name is Jacqueline. You can call me Jack. I am a illustrator based in Cebu. I used to be a photographer, but now I'm doing mostly illustration. Mm. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And I but love you're books. a content creator, right? So actually, <laughs> yes, I'm one, a content. One oh right, I forgot. Yeah. I'm a content creator, so yeah. you guys. So one of the main reasons come why... check out my YouTube channel. Yeah, because um, Jack actually <laughs> does um, book content on her YouTube. So Jack, maybe yes. you want to plug your YouTube. Yes, it's just my name. Uh, YouTube.com/slash Jacqueline K. We'll we'll place it in the um, description in the show notes. So you, if you want to check out Jack's channel, you can just go to the yes, show notes. You can... Um, so Jack does book content. I saw that she she posts a lot about books, and so that's why I reached out to her to join to be part of this podcast. And she decided actually that we would be reviewing uh, the book that we're going to talk about today, The Midnight Library by Matt yes. Hayes. Um, but before we get into that book, I want to talk more about Jack. So Jack, uh, we usually do this. Um, <laughs> I already know what the question for... is. No, oh, yeah, okay. we usually <laughs> ask our guests questions. Um, so the usual question we ask is, uh, on a deserted island situation, three books to bring with you. What are those three books? Right. You sent me a link a link to an old podcast with a guest yeah. where you asked this question, so I've been thinking about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've been cheating. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, not to be like philosopher, but genuinely, I would bring a survival book. Because yes, you know, like Practical. I, I, Practical. I would not know what to like, what is safe to eat, yeah. how to build a fire, what Smart. my shelter should look like. I would die, so it would not matter what the other books are without yeah. the survival guide. That's survival right. book, yeah. Um, my gosh, what would I bring? I thought about this. Huh? I forgot. I would bring oh, um, one of my favorite books, A Visit from the Goon Squad. So oh, another okay. just it's one of those books that I've read it so many times, but for some reason I you can't still get can't of it. Yeah, like I'm not sick of it. And at the same time I can't quite remember the story. So it's always like <laughs> Yeah. Like after a while I need to go so back to it. It's a refreshing like, experience what was it about? every time. But it was really good. I know it was, you know. <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. Um Is that me? I would bring Oh, and I would bring the Bible because you have uh, all this time on your hands, so you might yeah. as well. Yeah. Something that's going to take a lot of time for you to get through, right? Yes. Yeah. And something that's going to remind you of your humanity when you're out there all alone. <laughs> I have to say, um, out of all the guests we've asked this question to, you've had the most unique answers. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Everyone has the always been like one. fiction books I know. and all of that. 
I love I know, how you I bring thought about that. Bible. Like if I would I would I bring like the Harry Potter book, but then what would I do with that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um cool. Uh so yeah, and again, another tradition that we usually have with our guests that we have them introduce the spoiler-free summary of the book. So again today book, yes. we're doing The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. So Jack, without giving too much away, what is the book about? So The Midnight Library is about a woman who commits suicide. Believe yeah. it or not, that's not a spoiler. Her name's Nora. Uh, her name's Nora. <laughs> she commits suicide and is transported to a library, this sort of like other dimension where she gets yeah. to explore all the different um, paths that her life could have taken. Yeah. And that's, you know, you explore so, with her and see yeah. where that yeah. leads. That's essentially it. That's the whole premise of the book. And I have to yeah. say, just based on the premise itself, it's intriguing. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah very unique. Yeah. Um, but before we get into our reviews, I just I wanted to pose this question to both of you. What genre would you classify this book under? I'd say it's YA. YA? Don't you think? <laughs> really? That's don't interesting. Wow, well, that's unusual. <laughs> I feel like it is because one of the reasons why I picked it actually is because it's such an easy read. Uh So, oh yeah, it was definitely. Yeah, Yeah, so I don't know. I just feel I feel like it falls into that category. Like maybe not super young, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. How about you, Mariana? Philosophical fiction. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's weird because I would have said sci-fi because it has a lot of sci-fi elements too. Yeah. So or fantasy or something. I yeah, it's definitely why I love, love it because I love yeah. like the whole sci-fi fantasy yeah. genre. Yeah. But yeah, it feels kind of why I purposefully asked that question because the book can be many different things depending on how you mm. read it, right? You read it, yes. So that's why I wanted to ask that question. Um, before I'm gonna get into my personal thoughts later, but maybe Mariana, you want to open with what you thought about the book without giving any spoilers away. Yeah, of course. <sighs> Are we ready for this? Yeah. Okay, so. I couldn't imagine how I was going to plow through the book if the chapters were not short enough. So if there's one thing I appreciate, it's the short chapters and how most of the chapters, we open a new life, a new story which keeps the book interesting. And we don't dwell on a particular life for far too long. But I feel like we didn't give um, the audience um, a heads up about Nora opening a new life every time she gets a book. Well, I yes. think, uh, Should we still mention that? No, or? that's fine. I think it's like uh, it's something that I I knew it going into it. Like you know, it's like some, okay. the yeah. whole premise All of right. the story. So as writing goes, Matt Hig is skilled at storytelling. I honestly thought this was gonna be filled with hard metaphors to decipher before picking the book up, but it's an easy read. I would have to say easy to digest, which made me finish fast. So the points here were very. In your face. Something I honestly prefer. I know a lot of people don't like this style. Someone here does not like this style. So yeah, the whole concept of the Midnight Library is fresh. Philosophical fiction with sci-fi or fantasy is a genre I don't usually read. I don't know if we have to put a trigger warning for this one. But if you're sensitive, then perhaps... There is a need, but it pulls some nostalgic strings at times. I would also stop to think about regrets and how my life would have turned out if I did this or that. So it makes you rethink your current state too. So just a gentle nudge, nothing too dramatic. So I I appreciate how this book destigmatizes mental illness and it's something that is important in this time and age. So the ending, however, was very predictable, but I still liked it and as far as 
character development goes, it was expected. Nora's character, like she was meant to grow the way she did. So I had a hard time sympathizing with a character. I didn't feel like it was also one of the author's point to sympathize since it's more of like a self-help book disguised <laughs> as fiction. So it was more of a you thing than a Nora thing. Like yeah. I found it that way. That's why I categorize it as philosophical fiction. Because yeah. it was so preachy also. Preachy, so very preachy. So I sadly cannot tell why it's overhyped. I guess people who are older Maybe 25 above would appreciate Oi, this words, more uh, <laughs> than the younger audience. I feel lang, I feel lang, cause you know, like when you're when you're older, you know, there's midlife crisis, there's this and that. So I guess like if you're older, you get to to appreciate this this better. So it's a hmm. decent book, especially the concept and the things you learn along the way. But it wasn't striking enough or impactful enough for me to give it a 4.1 like Goodreads. So yeah. I would have to personally rank it as 3.8. Yeah. So that's, that's it fair. for my... Interesting. My... Yeah, my thoughts. Yeah. Um, Jack, yeah. I'm gonna let you finish up the spoiler-free version. So I'll go first. Um, and we can end okay. with you for the initial thoughts. Okay. Uh, first yes. off, let me start by saying that the pacing for the Midnight Library was fairly good. Like as Mariana said, we stand short chapters. Short chapters yes. are like an ADHD reader's <laughs> dream. <laughs> um, it was good in the sense that it was consistent. Like I didn't feel certain segments were rushed and certain segments were dragged out too much. Like consistent every 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 aspect of the book. So that's a big plus. Um, and sadly, I think that's where my pluses end. Personally, um, with the way that the story was structured, it's very ambitious because you're essentially having to rebuild a story with every single reboot of her life. And that's not easy for a writer to do. Kudos to Matt Haig for attempting to do so. Um, but with that being said, uh, I feel like Haig bit off. I don't know. I actually don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but. Yeah, it's uh, okay. It's Matt Haig. Um, uh, he, I feel like he bit off a little more than he could chew. The challenge of having this kind of story that speaks of you know parallel timelines and universes and all of that, you find yourself having essentially to write a novel from scratch every single time, and as a result, you don't really feel attached to the characters other than the actual protagonist. Because once a storyline gets rebooted the characters also get rebooted. And at yes. no point did I feel any sympathy for other characters who may or may not have had, you know, tragic experiences that happened to them. With her, yeah. And I didn't feel any hap happiness for the successes of certain characters. Like, it was difficult for me to connect with them because of the fact that they felt so temporary. Like, the very nature of their characters was that they're so temporary. And Mariana, you know me, like, the number one priority I have with any kind of story is always character development. And with this kind yeah. of book, character development for supplementary characters is practically impossible because you can't spend enough time with them to actually connect with them and develop them because of the fact that they're rebooted over and over again. And in last week's episode, we also talked about 
um, The House in the Cerulean Sea. And one of the yes. things that we mentioned was a major strength of that book. I know, Jack, that you've read that book also. Mm. And uh, one of the major strengths that that book had was its ability to be insightful. Yeah, dialogue. and But also that's its ability to be insightful and packed with so many lessons without it being preachy. Being too and preachy. And I feel yes. like Midnight Library tried to do that, but it came off as preachy to me. And I'm glad that I heard Mariana say it first. <laughs> so I'm not being, I'm not being uh, nitpicky here. Um, it's not the same with this book. I feel like a lot of the exposition exposition and the dialogue was a little patronizing at some points. Almost like self-righteous because, again, as you said, it's very philosophical. Pilosopupa, sabisaya, you know. And so the book failed me on that front. Um, I can't. I, it's not that it's not that I don't like philosophical books. I do. I am a huge fan of Henry David Thoreau, who Nora is a big fan of also. Um, Henry David Thoreau's book, Walden, is referenced multiple times in this book. It's a book that I yes. have read over and over again, along with Henry David Thoreau's um, Civil Disobedience. It's one of my favorite nonfiction books. Um, it's what my entire political belief is founded upon. Uh, so I am a fan of philosophy, but I did not like the philosophy in this book. Um, I can't conclude a review on this book without touching on the sci-fi aspect of it because, as I've said, I feel like there was a lot of sci-fi and one of the challenges of writing (laughs) sci-fi is that the writer, as the writer, you have to get your readers to buy into the world that you're building or the sci-fi that you're creating. And I don't know if that's just me, but in my personal case, I didn't buy into the whole concept of the Midnight Library. Like, I felt like certain parts were oversimplified and then other parts were too complex. Like, I don't want to give any rules away, but like there are certain quote-unquote rules in the Midnight Library where, like... uh, like they don't really explain why the rules are there in the first place. They just yeah, brush why it they off. exist. Yeah, like the, you just accept that those are the rules of the library. And I found that like really lazy writing. Like why wouldn't you? Why would you not explain that? Like why would you not go deeper into that? And I don't know. I feel like it's such a cop out. Um, like if you're gonna build this entire complex library, like a whole context, complex platform that exists between life and death, why not explain it fully? to us you know like it's I feel like it's really lazy on his part to not do that um, granted I feel that it may have lengthened the book but uh, there were some parts of the book that he could have cut out to compensate I don't know um, there were parts of the midnight library that were supposedly like shrouded in mystery which I feel like it's it's intended to create a sense of intrigue or to get you interested but I felt more annoyed than anything else like why are you not explaining this particular rule or this particular concept? Like, why do I just have mm. to accept it as a fact? Like, why can't you explain that to me? So, yeah, on all fronts, it was hard for me to get behind this book. I had high hopes, but I was fairly disappointed. It's not terrible fiction, huh? Like, I know I've been ranting, but it's not terrible fiction. But it's not that great either. Like, meh. So, I'm going to give it... What? Mariana, you give it a 3.5, right? 3.8. 3.8? I'll give it a 3.5 for me. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, Jack, well, what what do you think? I, I so, yeah. rambled on. It's funny that um, for all the reasons that you said, like all the downfalls of it, like how it kind of spoon feeds f- spoon feeds you the like message at the end and everything. Yeah. Yes. Like that's exactly why I categorize it as YA because ah, I did. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah, I yeah. see why it's yeah, doing that, it's and all, I uh. see why it's oversimplified. Because I'm yeah. in my yeah. head, I'm assuming that it is speaking to a younger reader. Mm. So it's kind of like, oh, in oh, case okay. you didn't get this. 
than like this is what yeah. I was trying to say. And um, I liked it specifically because I started this book with absolutely no expectations. Like I know mm. absolutely yes. nothing about no this hype. author. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't read any reviews. I didn't even read the summary. I literally just saw it and then bought it and read it. And yeah. I was like, oh, hey, you know what? That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> nice and simple. Um, yeah. I don't know what I can say that's not going to be a spoiler. Let me take a look. Uh, I really like how the book approached regret. Yeah. How it, it Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, the, how how it tackled that topic because it is yeah. quite like a difficult topic to talk about. Yeah. And it made it very relatable. And yes, I saw there's no character development for any of the other characters. It's only yeah. Nora. The whole yeah. story is just for yeah. Nora. Even the quote-unquote like person who runs the library, like she's not a it's, real character. She's not a real person. She's <laughs> yeah. uh, she's like a Figment Yoda of, figure yeah, yeah. for guide Nora yeah. um, but yeah and I really like the the sci-fi-ness of it this whole idea that there could be a multiverse and that yeah. every decision you make is creating a separate universe where your yeah. life diverges yeah. like like I love that idea yeah. and what really appealed to me was like reading it I could picture her I, I could picture it as a show as a TV show you know like I could picture mm. her like this is yeah, the like next, a limited series right like, like this is the next episode the next episode yeah, is okay yeah, now yeah, I'm yeah. in my swimmer life like you know yeah, yeah. and then yeah. like oh she's so buff in this life compared yeah, to the yeah. past one <laughs> whatever like I just thought that was so yeah. cute yeah so I really like that yeah. um and it's it, I I can see how it would be difficult for people to like get into the book because like uh-huh. Nora is not a likable character. Like she does not start off as somebody you want to root for. I don't think she's made for. to be likable either. No? I don't think she is. But yeah. she's like, she's really like self-sabotaging and everything. Yeah. Like aside, she's not meant to be likable because she might be depressed. I th- yeah. I don't know if they explicitly say that she is depressed, it's but implied, she might be depressed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. So she's, for that reason, she's not going to be like your most, you know, chipper like, Oh, I not love the person, person you would want to hang out yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But also, but aside from that, like she's also quite negative and like the type of person who it's difficult to root for you because you can see how you are self sabotaging. So you are yeah. you are, you know, the cause of your own misery, Toxic, like that type. Also. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little bit. So but then like towards the end, I found myself really rooting for her. So I did see like a little bit of like growth yeah. and development in yeah. that sense. I don't know what else. What else should I say? No, I, 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 I want to. I, I, I like. <laughs> sorry, I want to clarify myself because I bashed a lot on the sci-fi aspect of this book. Um, uh, I, I want to clarify. <laughs> I no, like. I like the whole sci-fi concept. I just don't yeah. like how it was explained. I don't like how it was. Or executed. How it, was, it wasn't explained at all. It yeah, was just why. like, oh, this is it. This is it. This is yeah, it. But like, like, I could picture it in my head, and yeah. I really enjoyed. Yeah. Because it's very vividly written, like it's so easy to picture everything. Because he's good, he's good at describing scenes and and like all the environments and all of that. He's very good at that. Oh, but like there was a part where they explained something, and that part I I don't know. It might be coming off as a spoiler. There was one life that there was an explanation finally, but it wasn't like a full blown explanation, and I honestly also did not like that part the most yeah yeah i know i know which one you're talking about where they kind of just like like they hinted at it 
and then yeah. they stop talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Because okay. it's delivered in a way that like you're just supposed to accept it as truth. Like, yeah. oh, so apparently that's the rule now. So like, I I don't know. Like, there's no proper build up or whatever. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't know this until I was um kind of looking up more about the book for this podcast. But Matt Haig is not a fiction writer. It turns oh. out he's, yeah, he's, he's a, a yes. non-fiction, yeah. like non-fiction self-help ri- yeah. type novel. And it yeah. reads that way. Like, yeah. knowing that and thinking yeah. about the novel, it reads that way. It so makes yeah. sense. It's, no. Yeah, like, it's like you you expect this. He expects you to take these things as fact because what he's trying to get across is the message yeah. and not necessarily yes. the story. Like, it's that type of thing. Yeah, and reading, like, Goodreads reviews, um, I had to look up Goodreads because uh, a lot, I wanted to know why it had... Because four four point one is a high score on Goodreads, like relatively oh, high yeah, score, definitely. and I wanted four. to know why people liked it so much. And I was also reading the bad comments, and a lot of the bad comments were talking about how this book felt like they were reading a self help book, and I think yeah. it comes from that, like him yes. being that kind of writer, and that's essentially his whole messaging. That's all. That's his whole branding. So like, yeah. Yeah, um, it might appeal to some people because duh, four point one. So, um, but it again for people like me who hate self help, like I wouldn't. It it didn't appeal to me a, a lot at all. Well, not at all. Like, uh, I I again, it was an it was an okay reading experience. I didn't hate it. Like I, there were books like I read and like I really hate. Yeah. But th- I uh, I didn't hate this book. It was okay. It was okay. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we get into like the spoilers? I would give it. I'd give it my rating. My yeah, rating. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, I would give it four stars. <laughs> no, <laughs> I am stars. one of okay. those people. Yeah, no, but that's why. Yeah. That's yeah. why I wanted to talk about it as well. Because yeah. like I yeah. do, I see that it is. Actually, I had no idea until I had to look it up. But <laughs> I didn't know that it was so controversial. Like yeah. I just yeah. liked it, and but I can see why other people would yeah. not. You know, and it's funny that you were talking about how like you you enjoy a philosophical read. I actually don't. Like, I can't no. stand philosophical books sometimes. Yeah. So I was surprised by how much I like this. But I think we can talk about it more when we're allowed to talk about spoilers. Yes, yes, but I yes. think yeah. more than anything, this book it was received so well because it is so timely. Because of what's happening in the world now. Because like, of what people... Issues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like what people are going through right now in this moment, yeah. you know, with that's, everything. That's good yeah. It's yeah. one of the main reasons why this appeals to so many people. And it's one of That's the main true. reasons why it appealed to me. So I really, like, it's it's one of those things that you get as much as you put in. So it depends on, like, how you're feeling in your situation. Yeah. And that's why, like, yeah. I got a lot, a lot out of it, like, for yeah. that reason. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, I think that's really what, that's the risk you run by write, by writing a philosophical novel is that your philosophy isn't always going to appeal yes. to everyone. To like, a lot of it's people, going yes. to appeal to a select group of people, and um, if I mean if that's your total goal, then I think yeah he succeeded in doing so. Um, usually we proceed to like the context surrounding the book in the next phase okay. of the podcast, but um, yeah, as Jack mentioned, she took one of the the facts. Uh, she did my job uh-huh. for me. Uh, Matt Haig is not really a novelist per se in the traditional sense of the word. Word he is more of. Uh, yeah, like a non-fic writer, literary, uh, philosophical writer, and all of that. But the Midnight Library actually won the Goodreads 2020 Best Fiction Book. Mm. Um, yeah, so it, it edged out Frederick Backman's Anxious People Anxious by 
uh, five votes. It edged out The Invisible Life of Adi LaRue. It beat out Home Elegies by Ayad Akhtar. And it beat out my personal favorite book for 2020, which I am very upset about, The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. Um, yeah, which I did a review for. Uh, you can listen to the five-minute okay. review on, on the podcast. But yeah, I'm fairly surprised. I don't think it's a better book than Vanishing Half. But whatever, to each his own. I'm bitter. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's um, not. It's okay. Yeah. No, no, no. But no, in all seriousness, like I know I bashed on this book a lot, but it's still, I mean, it, it's, I didn't find myself wanting to put it down. Like in mm-hmm. fairness, also, like I still yes, wanted yes, to yeah. finish it. Like I re, it was a, it, like you want to know what it, happens to her. Yeah, exactly. So like, I mean, that's the yeah, goal for agonizing. any kind of fiction. Neil Gaiman says the goal of writing any fiction is to get the reader to ask what happens next. And that's yeah. something that, that happened with me in this book so like I, I i always found myself asking what happens next so yeah uh, in that sense matt hay wrote a good book so despite but it was uh, kind of like you know what happens next that yeah was but like also yeah. you want to see how it was book, yeah you start the book and you know where it's headed like yeah. you yeah. know how she's gonna end up yeah it's that yeah. it's that predictable but yeah. you know how does she get there the road yeah, yeah. All of that. but honestly yeah. that's why i kept reading because i was like well i know how this is gonna turn out like yeah. i was just literally looking yeah. for something easy to read so it's just like okay i'm just gonna yeah. like read through it so i think and that's it, why it surprised me that yeah. there was like oh wait there's an actual message here. yeah <laughs> and it's interesting that it's such heavy philosophical themes but it's still a light read relatively yeah. light read yeah yeah, definitely. You know what? What I'm realizing now is maybe it does appeal to me because I am older. <laughs> <laughs> Brianna's like, comment struck a chord. Uh, am I having a midlife <laughs> crisis? Is this what it feels like? Mariana's a lot younger than us, Jack. So she's like mid nineties. I'm, I'm still on the mid, yeah, super mid. Yeah. yeah. So it's okay. Reread it in like ten years and let's see how you feel. Years, <laughs> All right, I think that does it for the spoiler-free portion of this podcast. Um, we'll be we'll take a break and then we'll be right back. Wherein, yes. for the brave souls who have read the book, uh, you can join us in the conversation in the second part. So um, we'll be right back after this break. And that concludes the spoiler-free portion of the episode. If you do plan on reading the book, please feel free to come back and join us in the conversation in the second part of this episode. We'll be right back. And we are back. So for the second portion of this episode, we always start with our favorite quotes and lines. So who yeah, wants are you to ready, Jack? Yeah. Do you no, want to start first with no. your? <laughs> <laughs> I do not have a favorite quote. I actually don't have that many favorite quotes. Again, um, I, I found the writing of this book to be quite preachy a lot of the time. However, I will say that there are some gems. Maybe, maybe Mariana, you you want to start with yours? Well, I only have like two. And it's found at the very first part. And it's something that you've heard of already. But like, I just want to, I just want to repeat it because of how relevant it is, especially now. So it goes like, she went on Instagram and saw everyone had worked out how to live except her. And mm-hmm. I just want to bring this line, line up because it's something so relevant at this time. Now, when you're down and you're on Instagram seeing all these insanely curated posts of achievements and fun times, and it somehow just also made someone like Nora, who's already down that dark road, become more upset 
as she did compare and right there mm-hmm. it was already like the thief of her happiness and i yeah. guess that did it for her because there like yeah. before she took her life like hours before i feel like this was hours before she was like yeah. checking people out also on social media yeah yeah and i think this was also found at the first part it goes like Pressure makes us, though. You start off as a coal and pressure makes you a diamond. She didn't correct his knowledge of diamonds. She didn't tell him yeah. that while coal and diamonds are both carbon, <laughs> coal is too impure to be able, under whatever pressure, to become a diamond. According to science, yeah. you start off as coal and you end up as coal. Maybe that was the real-life lesson. Yeah. So it's it's writing like that that yeah. kept me reading. Like those are the it's writing like that that kept me interested because it, it it's it's filled with a bunch of like with the dry wit, yeah. you know, British humor yeah. kind of writing like is that. Is he British? That I, yeah, well, I'm really, he, he's, right, he is like, British. He is. He is British. Okay. Um, I only have one quote. Uh, or do you want to do it, Jack? No, no, I don't have a quote. That's my oh, okay. <laughs> That's my problem. Okay. All <laughs> I right. have nothing um, prepared for you. Yeah, I think more of moments though. We'll have a lot to yes. talk about in, yeah, you know, in terms of our moments. moments. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I only have one quote, and it's in kind of in connection with Maria, what Mariana said about like the whole getting sad because of our exposure to things. Um, uh, this is like uh, towards like in the meatier parts of the book, it says, and that sadness is intrinsically part of the fabric of happiness. You can't have one without the other. Yeah. Of course, they come in different degrees and quantities, but there is no life where you can be in a state of sheer happiness forever. Mm. And imagining there is just breeds more unhappiness in the life you're in. And I feel like that's a really good uh, way of explaining the duality of different sensations of existence. Like, um, you can't be, again, like you can't be happy unless there is a, such a concept of sadness. You can't yeah. be uh, excited unless you experience the concept of boredom and, you know, whatnot. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like a lot of the time we get so, as human beings, like we get so caught up in the pursuit of only the positive that we forget the positive only exists because there is also such a thing as the negative. Yes. And um, that's such a poignant way of pointing out that whole philosophical concept. Again, this book is filled with a lot of philosophical concepts, but that was one that really stood out to me. Yes. And because it really resonates with me personally, because that's something I try to remind myself of all the time. Like there's so much pressure that I put, I, I don't know if you guys are the same, but I put a lot of pressure on myself to always be happy, like to always pursue things that make me happy. But like, I forget, like I don't always have to be happy. Like it's okay to be upset at certain situations and like to be sad at certain situations. Like I don't always have to feel grateful and thankful and positive of everything. And yeah, I think like that's, a, that's why that quote in particular resonated with yeah. me. So, so I, that does it. I, I'm sorry. I can't, I couldn't find that many quotable quotes. It was too heavy. It was too heavy for me. <laughs> the book was a little too preachy oh, for yeah. me. But there are a lot of moments I want to talk about. So maybe we yeah, can move on to that. Yeah, I have a lot of moments also. Um, not Sige. so much quotes. Because I read this like months, months ago. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, like, I think I read it a couple of months after you asked me if I wanted to do this podcast. So it's not yeah. super fresh in my mind. I just have like yeah. the broad strokes yeah, of yeah, yeah. what I read. <laughs> Yeah, so you ahead. picked Maybe it you because it was up. like something you read recently. That's yeah. why you picked it. And, all, the and book? I liked it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like trying to think of like, oh, what did I read recently that I liked? That you liked. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you want to open up our next segment. Do you want to do it? Sure. For What's our, our next segment? Memorable moments. Oh, so um, talking about the same things that you guys like picking up where you left off. Yeah. Like, uh, that's one of the main things that I really liked about the book the idea that she tried out all these lives and 
she was still unsatisfied and unhappy with all of them, mm, yeah. you know, uh-huh. in the midst of doing this, which yeah. is that idea that you can never be, number one, you can never be completely satisfied with life yeah. for one thing. And number two, no matter how glamorous and, you know, glossy life looks on the other yeah. side, all life has happiness and sadness. Like, yeah. There's no easy, like, step into this Perfection. curated world and yeah. uh-huh. I'm going to be happy. My life is perfect. It's all I needed. Yeah. Like, I really like that whole idea of it. Yeah. And one of the main things that really, really attracted me to this book was this trap of how sometimes we live our life based on other people's expectations mm-hmm. of us. So if you notice, like, all of her first regrets, all of the lives that she tries. The dreams of other people. They're all dreams of other people for her. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's one of Miss Elm's quotes because I think Miss yeah. Elm is supposed to be like Matt Haig's, you know, Jiminy Cricket, right? Yeah. And Nora is Matt Haig. So like Mrs. Elm is the one that's pointing out that what what is it that you actually want to do? Because you're trying out all these lives that other people have decided you For should you, want yes. to do, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I really like that whole idea that like in the end, you're the one who has to live your life. Not yeah. everyone else, but so why are you letting everyone else's opinions mm-hmm. kind of dictate your actions? Oh my gosh, I do like this book because I'm old. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can go into like, because hmm. one of the strengths of this book is like there are many different storylines that we can tackle. So maybe we can go into like the memorable ones. Like, yeah. okay. um, I think the first one was like, she was like the owner of a pub, right? That was it. Like she was able to. Yeah, that was the first one. She married her fiance, the one who she yeah. broke it off with. Dan, right? Dan. Yeah, who turned out to be an a ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in, Which in was that expected. life. Yeah, in that life, she decides, like, she tackles her regret of not marrying that guy. But yes. she ends up finding out that it's a life without love, which, yes. uh-huh. which is what she wanted, right? And, um, in the second life, she goes to Australia and uh, apparently her friend, Dice. Uh, who she went to Australia for, yeah, she is was not, meant no to go there. to move to Australia with her friend. Yeah. yeah. But her friend died in a car accident. Yeah. And then I think after that, she decides to become a Olympic swimmer. And then it's the whole scenario of her like getting on stage and like giving some kind of TED talk presentation. Well, that was my favorite. Ish. One of my favorite versions of Nora when really? she was the Olympic swimmer. Yeah. Okay, that maybe was, we can get for into me that. the maybe. most vivid actually. Yeah. yeah. Like when he was describing it. Yeah. Yeah. I felt so anxious throughout that entire segment because this woman's about to give a talk and I she knew has it. nothing prepared. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, same dude. Same. I was thinking more like, oh, now she's gonna talk about all the stuff that she's already learned from like the previous lives, maybe you yeah, know, like yeah, no, now she yeah. has something in her bag that nobody else yeah. has. Yeah, I almost thought like that would be like the life, like it would be really hard for Matt Haig to point out what was wrong with that life, and then hmm. like oh, you yeah. know the whole and brother the died mom. and all of that. No, it was oh, sorry, the, mom. the whole yeah the whole yeah. mom and dad situation. And all of yeah. that, yeah. Nora blames herself for so much. She blames herself for the band falling apart, for her, what what was his name? Ravi, that asshole yeah. being yeah. miserable. She blames yeah. herself for her cat dying. She blames herself for her parents' that failed cat. marriage. But yeah. like, and each of them shows that it's not actually her fault. Like, Completely, just, yeah. Just as much as she's in charge of her own happiness... All yeah. these other people are in charge of their own happiness as well. Exactly. So, exactly. It's kind of like you can't take on everybody else's problems. 
Yeah. And if you're yeah. like a highly empathetic person, that is something that you would tend to do. If you're a cancer. Mm. Yeah. So oh, she- really? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. If you have any astrology questions, you can always ask Mariana. She, she, she's no filled way. with a bunch of... Uh, can I say, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that he had one life where... Uh, where he showed that the cat dies. Like, the cat dies no yeah. matter what you do. He yeah. was meant to die. There are some yeah. things in life you cannot control. It is not your fault yes. that this cat died. I <laughs> you like know? That, I like that I revelation that, that like... Because we yeah, are we're really all made like to that. assume the cat gets run over or something. Yeah, but it turns like out her, like the cat like, is just sick. Her, it's just sick, her mentality dude. that like... Oh, I've made this cat's life so miserable, miserable that it went yeah. out and tried to kill itself. Like, how self-centered are you to think <laughs> that? But yeah, like, and he points out that, you know what? This was an uncontrollable fixed Thing, event. Yeah. There was nothing you could have done yeah. to fix it. Yes. Yeah. One interesting character who, uh, sorry, I mentioned earlier that like there are no characters who every character gets rebooted. But then there's actually one character who doesn't get rebooted and it's Hugo. The guy ah, she oh, meets. I have notes on Hugo. On the on the Arctic trip. <laughs> All right. So, what are our thoughts about Hugo, uh, Jacqueline and Mariana? Hugo is our perpetual life jumper. He represents yeah. somebody who is unwilling to move forward, yeah. content to just wallow from life to life until he gets bored. Yeah. You know, treating this whole library concept as his little playground. And Hugo is there specifically to be a cautionary tale to Nora that this is what you want to avoid. Like you do yeah. not want to go. And live the rest of your afterlife or purgatory or whatever this whole situation is supposed to be by just jumping from one life to another. So, like, uh, Hugo is an interesting character because he acts like a... He also acts like somewhat of a mentor to Nora to a certain extent, right? He's the one like, I figured this out. This is what's happening, you know? Yeah. I think that's what I was talking about earlier when I was saying that they did kind of explain it. Like, Hugo kind of explains it a little bit. Yeah, Like, what's happening in this world. Yeah. But not fully... (laughs) Yeah, because he doesn't really understand, like, I like he he's not like the omniscient being who's he's behind not everything. Elm. He's, he's just, just like figured in out it for the ride. Yeah. yeah, and and his character's interesting because um he he gets kind of romantically entangled with Nora, right? A they little have bit. a fling. They have like yeah. a fling in their one life. And you know it's so funny because the, the only re- the only reason that Nora gets drawn back to the midnight library is if she feels disappointed with yeah. that life that she's living yeah. in right and it's so hilarious because the the reason that she gets drawn back from the Ar- the arctic expedition yes. uh life is be- is the moment after she has sex with hugo and then that's when she feels massive disappointment like, <laughs> and that's why get, she's brought back to the she's library. just kind of bored with him <laughs> yeah I think like, was was it that bad that you were that disappointed that your life ended? Literally? Well, I have a question, by the way. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so remember how it's because you're disappointed, so you go back to the midnight library. But was she disappointed when she was with Ash and they had a child? Like, why was yeah, she less, sucked into? It was less. I don't think it's so much when you're disappointed, then you go back to the library. I think it's when you choose to step out of that life, that experience. That's when you go back to the library. When you decide that, no, you know what? This isn't for me. I want to try something else. Then you get sent back to the library. Um, That's that's interesting. Uh, Because that's not what I got from it. 
Oh, uh, that's interesting that that you brought that up because now yeah. I'm rethinking. I'm doubting if myself. Because <laughs> if it was like just a feeling of disappointed disappointment that would bring you back to the library, then yeah. you know that could be anything. Like yeah. that could be that that could be a bad sexual encounter. And then I'm like, yeah. wait, I changed my mind. It was just one yeah. bad night. You know what I mean? No, like, like, yeah. like it if can't it, if be it's that. My choice. Because I choice. remember that in the Arctic expedition, there was a point where she felt threatened by a polar bear. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and she didn't go back. Yeah, one of the rules of uh, we can talk about the rules now. So one of the arbitrary yeah. rules that are mentioned are like if you die in one of your lives, you die. Like in general, you die in your root life too, right? That was one of the rules of the Midnight mm. Library, and okay. so she that feels makes scared. sense to me though. Like if you think about movies like Avatar or yeah, you know, Ready Player One or whatever. Like if you I, if you die in the simulated world, you die. And we yeah, don't know like, if this is a simulation. Yeah, or... that's why I don't really understand because, like, is it a simulated world or is it a parallel universe? Like, you know, that's where the sci-fi gets really iffy for me. Yeah. Like... Hugo says, this is one of the points that I did not like about this book. Hugo actually points out that this might be a multiverse, right? Was it yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, po- he points out that it is some, it's, it's a type of multiverse and the idea that she's taking over a different Nora's life. And if yeah. she decides to stay, what happens to that Nora? Like yeah. that Nora just gets wiped out. She takes yeah. over the life. She gets yeah. overwritten. Exactly. So that's the part that really bothered me about the book. Because yeah. I'm thinking like, this Nora made that decision. This Nora is yeah. living her life. Yeah. And you, Nora, being selfish and like, yeah. you know, jumping in. It's just like, this is better than what I had. I'm just gonna yeah. delete and step in. Like that's, yeah, that's but, one of the main things that really bothered me about the book. But that's interesting also, that aspect of it. Because Nora can't decide. Like, she can say, like... Like, when she's with Ash and she has that kid and all of that. Like, that's... Like, we're made to believe that like, this is the life that she wants. At first, at, like, at the first parts of that story. Like, this is the yeah. life that that's gonna make her happy. And then she's wondering to herself, like, why, why do I still remember the Midnight Library? Because one of the rules of the Midnight Library is that... If you, you get, just forget. if you decide on the, yeah, you forget about the whole concept yeah. of the like midnight library. Like everything gets cemented into this timeline. Yeah, so she, she, so in 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 that sense, she doesn't really get to choose which life she she gets to live, right? It's yeah. more of, like, she finds the life that she's meant for because, like, she could have decided in that moment because she was trying but to will I it. Think- that's the thing like she was she wasn't meant for a life with yeah. like she wasn't went for that life yeah. with ash yeah but Can she I say, was at the beginning wanted, of that she wanted it and at, when she was starting point. to think about that oh this is the life that i want like or maybe i'm happy yeah. and this is what i want to say i was genuinely worried i was worried that that's how it would end like yeah. what are you telling me that you brought yeah. me through this whole journey and it ends yeah. with oh now i'm happy because i found a man you yeah. know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, that would be so disappointing. Life, yeah. yeah. So I'm just relieved in the end that she did not like end up choosing that, that life. Yeah. And also, yeah. I was worried about that Nora being erased. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's such a it's such an interesting. I mean, again, like the book's concept is really interesting, but I I had a lot of problems with like again the whole sci-fi. Oh. Like, okay, can we talk about the ending? Because like in the okay. ending. Again, I agree with you guys. I'm glad that it didn't end with the Ash storyline. Yeah. That would have been like a real bummer. But in the ending, we're supposed to be made to believe like the whole library is like crumbling down. Uh-huh. Right? And, um, and Mrs. L doesn't I, I don't know really why. Under- I didn't really understand that concept. So there's this like there are certain parts of the book wherein Miss Elm warns Nora like, hey, be careful. Like, you know, the library is like there's something wrong with there's a glitch in the system. Like I de- I never really understood that part. So like 
what did what did that mean for you guys? Like in what was mind, causing that glitch? Yeah. In my mind, the library is Nora's subconscious. Yeah. Like she is in her own mind. So she's yeah. in that in between state before she passes on. Yeah. And it's crumbling because she's fighting this idea that Ash is her happy ending and she yeah. she's choosing to go back to her life. And when yeah. she says that, like when she says I choose to live, like I want to live, that's yeah. when like the she basically wakes up from whatever was happening, right? From her OD or whatever yeah. and she goes back to her life. I, I yeah, that was my interpretation also. But what I don't understand was why there was a sense of urgency. Like, why was it? Why was it made to feel like you only? Oh, had... I think because she was dying. Don't you think? Ah, yeah. was that like, was that what that meant? Yeah, was that what yeah. That I, I meant? think so. I think she was at that point where she has to choose because ah, she's gonna die now. So okay. in my mind, like Hugo is perpetually jumping from life to life. Because maybe he's, he's in a coma or something, you know? Like yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's right. like a vegetable and he can't wake up. Right. But Nora is at that point where you're either going to die or you're going to wake up. And this is the moment that you choose. And where do you want to live on? Yeah. Because like, remember like in the earlier parts, when she first gets to the library, um, Mrs. Elm says, it's always midnight here, right? Like every time yes. she looks at her watch, it's always midnight. And then like when yes. it starts crumbling down, that's when she notices like time, time is, is actually forward. moving. Because she I, tries to kill herself at midnight, right? Right, right. So, like, that essentially means, like, so the act of time moving forward, that signifies, like, her physical body is giving yes. up on her? Yeah. Yes. Either ah, she's about okay. to she's about to die or she's about yeah. to throw up whatever she took. <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't really get that part. Like, I thought it was like Mrs. M was like, well, this is, again, this is an oversimplified uh, interpretation of it. I was like, Mrs. M was like, oh, like, you've been here for too long. Get out. Like, you, your time is up. <laughs> like, your time in the library is up. I don't know. I think that's what it means. Yeah, yeah. No, that, yeah, no, it makes your, sense. Your, makes sense also. Your interpretation makes better sense. <laughs> I kind of wasn't a fan of that whole segment of like how, I think it was manufactured excitement. Like, it was getting to a point where in he was um getting was feeling like the story was kind of comfortable was kind of boring you know because of the whole ash situation like it was a relatively comfortable life yeah and so he decided to inject that like segment of excitement quote-unquote excitement into the story yeah. and i don't know i i just i didn't feel i felt annoyed like i was i felt like i was being rushed through that whole process even though i didn't want to be rushed but i guess that was, I the whole was point. fine with it <laughs> i was fine with it because i was kind of over the whole ash storyline and i was yeah i was i was ready for her to move on yeah. so i think it was kind of timely in that sense like okay yeah. push comes to shove decide what, yeah. what do you want yeah. you know yeah so are you both in agreement that like this the swimmer the whole dead talk life was your favorite one yes that was the most fun uh what about the the the, the rock star one i like yeah. that rock also life was kind of funny also. yes the rock star one oh and then when she finds out her brother is dead yeah because that's that the one hard because like like she she, she looks happy. for joe she looks for joe and then apparently joe is like their publicist or whatever and then yes. yeah she thinks that he's alive and then he's not and all of that yeah but then again, because she was, she picked that life to make him happy and to make Ravi yeah. happy. I hate yeah. Ravi, by the way. Like, oh, I genuinely, I hate Ravi. I put down Ravi, asshole Selfish. best friend of Joe, blames Nora for the group disbanding. Yeah. But in an alternate timeline, blames Nora for being too too much of a star. So he's relegated to being like a B-list celebrity. 
Yeah. Like he's, you know, he's the type of person who always finds somebody else to blame for the yeah. dissatisfaction in his life. So I really I, hated Ravi. Yeah, I don't I think any. I didn't like Joe think, uh, also. Joe I don't remember Joe depends. so much. <laughs> depends so on the iteration of Joe, right? It no, depends. Joe the brother, the, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because in the Ash iteration of Joe, like in the last one, he's okay, right? He's a nice ah, yeah. guy. Um, yeah. And he's he's happily in a relationship. And then it's so weird because Nora is like, uh, she she's getting emotional talking to him and like, in another yeah. life, like, you died and all of that. <laughs> you know, that was so funny to me. Um, I, I want to I wanna bring this idea up. What if, because um, you know, in Nora doesn't, acquire the knowledge and the experiences of the lives that she takes over, yes. right? Yes. Before she just jumps this, in blind. Yeah. Do you think the story would have been better if she were able to do that? Yes, I do. Right? I that's something right? that bugged me. Like if she Yeah. But like in the last one she started to to get Nora's other Nora's um, yeah. memories right yeah. and she started yeah. to kind of like remember stuff but yeah it yeah. would have been so much better if she jumped in and knew what was she, happening so yeah. we wouldn't have so much of this what's going on Mystery. what's going on yeah, I don't know who exactly. you are I don't know what's exactly. happening like, I agree. but then again how would he explain that to you that's true yeah that like it's really hard I liked in um the Ash storyline like he circumvents it by he, he makes uh, Nora play this question and answer game with yeah, her daughter. That was really nice. <laughs> like, it was yes. really smart. It was a really smart way of catching yes, us yes. up on things. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, that's creative. Yeah, he could have done that. Like, there are definitely ways to do it. Yeah. And to do it in an interesting way so it's not boring for the audience. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree. Like, I think it would have been better if she had acquired all of the knowledge and the experiences yeah. beforehand. Yep. Like, it would have saved us a lot of, like, what what's going on? Like, exactly what you said. Like, that yeah. kind of feeling. Mm. Um, it would have... And then it's always like, oh, she's so awkward as it is. And you're making yeah. it more awkward because she has no idea what's happening every single yeah. time. Yeah. Can I just say, one of my favorite characters of this story is, like, one of the sub-characters, Terrence, the vineyard guy. <laughs> oh. I just I just really yeah. like that in every single life that Nora has lived, even the one where she tries to be with Terrence, to, yeah. he's happy. Yeah, like he's he chill. he represents somebody who is content and yeah. his contentment is based on his life and not on like who he's with, you know? Yeah. Like because he's married to different women in the vineyard or whatever. Yeah. But in every life he's doing the exact same thing because he's doing what he's meant to be doing. Like I really and like he that. represents that kind of person. Like the yes. person who's like, regardless of what situation you put him in, he's gonna yeah. find a way to feel content. He's, to feel Yes. Okay. Exactly. So it's yeah. like it's it's like the polar opposite of Ravi. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is this turning into the anti-Ravi book review? Anti-Ravi. No, joking. <laughs> yeah. Um, are there any other moments you guys want to bring up? Because I, I don't have anything else anymore. I put... Um, oh, one of the things that I did not like about the book was that Ash was too perfect. You know? I, oh, I like, yeah. I like yeah. the idea that Ash noticed her before... She was noticing him, but she didn't notice him noticing her. In that way. And, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's very like, like a very good expression of a person who is depressed. Like your mind will lie to you, and you will be unable to see how other that people, people perceive you. you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she, so she's unable to see Ash appreciating her or wanting to be with her or anything like that. But I still found Ash too perfect. So 
like you know like he's the stereotypical guy that like everyone wants to end up with and th- yeah. that's not real like yeah. what almost boring you know almost boring yeah. yeah i agree i agree like he but very vanilla character how about you mariana but supposedly another... hot yeah supposedly. i really didn't like <laughs> when they were in an arctic expedition and then hugo was like explaining to her about parallel universe that's when i was like oh my god like i found that <laughs> dragging because it was also a very yeah. long chapter huh yeah. It was yes, a pretty was. long chapter. I, I skipped a bit on that one. <laughs> well, there was one part of the book that I skipped where I think it's like just a page of like song lyrics that she wrote. Huh? Yeah, because like she wrote oh, a song as a rock star. Rockstar Nora. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rockstar Nora. And then what about like, when she was a poet? Yeah. And her poetry I, was like so I yeah. skipped that page because like, you're not that good. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So like there are a lot of lives. Like one could argue there might have been too many lives, yeah. you know? Yeah. Cause, no, because there's a segment of the book wherein like she says like she starts the whole life jumping thing. Yeah. Like she yes. just jumps she's, life. She's giving it that. a try. Yes. Yeah. And you notice, so she gives it a try, the life jumping, and that's when they bring back Hugo. Yeah. And like she so, says, sort like, of as a reminder, like, right. oh, this is not how you want to end up, girl. Yeah, yeah. And like she meets him on those life jump experiences once in a while too. Like she encounters mm. him. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to bring up? Oh, I think I might have a quote. Go I ahead. do remember something. Go ahead. Go ahead. I remember Mrs. Elm saying something along the lines of "small things can have big changes" yes, yes. or oh, something yeah. like this. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I really like that. Like that idea that. Just idea that's, you know, sometimes we can feel like our life might be so small and yeah. are we really making a difference in the world? But yeah. you don't know. You don't know yeah. what little thing you're contributing that is making a difference either mm. to your own life or to the lives of the yeah. people around you. So the and I think is, they show that through the the right. piano student, right? Who's miserable without yes. Ruth Nora, prime yeah. Nora. <laughs> yeah. So the, the quote is, um, never underestimate the big importance of small things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That. That was nice. I actually kind of wrote it down too, but I was afraid to write it because it's kind of like... Um, it's kind of cheesy. Kind of cheesy, yeah, but, okay. also, but also yeah. very poignant. Also very poignant. I put, it's a little predictable, but satisfying. Nonetheless, uh-huh. it's understandable how predictable yeah. it was for a YA novel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we can start talking about our final thoughts about the book. I, I can start this, and then we can go to Mariana, and then Jack, you can close out the episode. Is that, is that okay? Sure, sure. Yes, All right, so um, I know I, sh- I I shat on this book a lot throughout this review, but <laughs> it's really not as bad as I made it seem to be. I'm sorry if I if uh, it's just that I'm very nitpicky a lot, especially. Have when I it opened comes your to... eyes? Have I changed your mind? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I mean it's not it's not so much. Nah, I I hated it. I, I it's not that. I I think I was too harsh with my wordage. It's just like the technical aspects of writing. I'm very particular about it, especially when yes. it comes to storytelling. So, like, as a coming from the perspective of me as a writer, like someone who does it for a living, like I look into those techniques and those tools and those storytelling, yeah. uh, the technical aspects of it. And he's not very technically sound as a no, fiction he's writer, not. <laughs> but and that was my main gripe with it. Like, but uh, having said that, uh, the ideas, the concepts that are explored in this book are very important, are very yes. deep. And that's its redeeming factor, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So while it may not be the perfect fiction read, it is still a book worth reading, worth exploring. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a reason why it's rated the way that it is on Goodreads. And it's why it's resonated with so many people. So who am I to say? Like, I've never written a book that's 
been 4.01 Goodreads. So, um, yeah. <laughs> not yet, chat. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, again, uh, I shot on this book a lot, but I still genuinely enjoyed the reading experience. And I will recommend this to people who are in for a thinker. It's a thinker. Yeah. Um, it's a thinker without being too heavy. And I feel yeah. like it's rare. It's hard to do that. So kudos to this book for being able to do that. And yeah, that's it for my thoughts on uh, the Midnight Library. Mariana, you have anything? Well, um, a lot of people have been asking me when I posted um, a photo of Midnight Library if it was worth reading. And yeah. I would have to say, yeah, you can. You might like the book. And yeah. yeah, I guess like it just like it really yeah, depends, it depends on who's reading it. Yeah, yeah, yes. and what genre you prefer. You know, there's always a book for everyone. Um, like you know how we both didn't really like um, it ends with us, but it was yeah, something I, also I that, that people book. should <laughs> read because of the the, the things that they will learn throughout the book, yeah. and it was something worth talking about. I guess um, Midnight Live is also um, the same. I, I agree with you. Like, uh, I wanna sorry before I before I let Jack close out the podcast. Like, uh, the Midnight Live. It's I want to use this term. It's an acquired book. Like, uh-huh. it's it's not for everyone, but for those who it resonates with, it's Will, Im- deeply yeah, impactful. Fall in love with it. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah Jack, do you want to close out this episode? Uh. Yeah, I agree with you guys. It's definitely the type of book that you have to let simmer like after i read it i think i was so surprised with how much i got out of it considering Mm -hmm. how light i thought it was and i like the whole idea of like you shouldn't linger on what could have been but you have to focus on what is yeah so it's like like i said it's very timely especially now in this situation you can't keep thinking about what i could have done Mm -hmm. in my life you just have to be happy in the life that you have now. You have to be, you can't dream about living your life. You just got to live your live life. Live it. Yes. That was yeah. one of the best points also in the book. Which is, yeah, the central theme of the book essentially is about, yeah, the whole getting rid of regrets and just like living in the life that you have yeah. now and the tools you just have that to you're given. This. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's, uh, there's no better way to conclude this podcast. Jack, thank you so much for joining yes, us for this thank episode. thank you. It's Thank been you for such having a pleasure. Me. We hope you'll for join us for you. a future yeah. episode. Maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, we hope you had fun. Um, before yeah. we end, maybe there's something, maybe there's uh, final plugs you want to make. Yeah, anything you, you want to push. <laughs> I have to think about it. What do I want to plug? Yeah. Guys, check out my YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I make videos about art and mostly anything that interests me, which includes yes. books and travel and whatever, all those things. So, yeah, if you want to know more about me, that's where you can find me. Yeah. I'm also going to probably give you my Instagram Yeah, that you can put in the show notes and that's it. Yeah. Guys, oh, Jack's uh, YouTube is amazing. Like, like especially the artsy ones. Like, I, I, they're so comforting to look at. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Healing. So cozy. Um, I did. I thought of something that I want to plug. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Guys, if you have time, please check out my website. It's didodesign.com. I sell hand illustrated stationary goods that you mm. might find interesting so yeah there's just that. for christmas gifts yeah yeah perfect yeah. that yeah. yeah yeah and um that 
about does it for this episode and uh, we hope you enjoyed listening to Fiction Friends uh, please continue to support our podcast subscribe to us on Spotify Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts Jack thank you again for joining us Mariana yes, thank you it's been so a pleasure, much as usual uh, thank you guys for listening and we hope you continue to listen in the future and goodbye